everyone, welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans. Specifically today we're going to be reading through Romans chapter 7 verses 1 to 6. So to recap, we just looked at Romans 6, which had Paul defend the doctrine of justification by faith and reminded us that we have been crucified with Jesus, meaning that we're now dead to sin, which means also that we should stop doing bad things. And because of that truth, we need to surrender our whole selves to God for his glory each and every day. In today's episode, we'll be looking at how exactly we shouldn't be doing bad things, because sometimes we forget to lean on God. And as a result of that, we move into legalism meaning that we start believing that we can become holy and please God just by obeying the law, like the Old Testament law, therefore measuring spirituality by just a list of do's and don'ts. And we try harder and harder in our own strength to be a good person. But that's absolutely not it at all. And also when I say we should stop doing bad things, I don't mean that we as humans are not capable of making mistakes because we are. In today's section that we will be reading through, we'll be looking at what Paul says on how exactly we shouldn't be doing bad things. So stay tuned for that. So the problem with legalism is that it judges by the outside appearance rather than what's in the heart. And it fails to understand the real purpose of God's law and relationship between law and grace. So for me personally, as a kid growing up Catholic, it just really left me confused. I personally didn't feel like I learned properly about Jesus, God, my relationship to God or the church or like what the function of the church even is. I just remember once thinking that Jesus was actually the priest, like the priest was Jesus. So when the priest was changed, like uh, whenever one of them was sick or had to go on holiday and the priest was a different guy, I was in for like a huge shock of my life. I kept wondering like, where did Jesus go? (laughs) And um, I also kept feeling that if If I had my confirmation and I kept taking communion and stuff like that, I kept going to the Catholic church every Sunday, then it meant that I was all good with God and the people around me. And when I turned 12, I actually started to think like, is this really what having a relationship with God is all about? You know, going to church, going through the motions, hearing the same sermon format day in, day out. Nothing is being stirred in my heart or my mind. I'm not feeling engaged like mentally, emotionally and stuff like that. It kind of just felt like I was going out of duty because my family went like that's that's what we did and you know having to climb the the social ladder that was the Filipino community at the church that I went to and just stuff like that it just felt really just going through the motions and very boring to me and I didn't really um, care for much of it, to be honest. And um, any at any sign of rebellion or not looking perfect or um, not even going to church, I just knew that that social community, you know, they would just turn around and start gossiping about you. And so I decided I didn't want any of that. And so at the age of 12, I just stopped going entirely. And I actually didn't set foot into a church again until I was about 18, 19 years old. And that time it was a non-denominational church. And that church didn't believe that Christians are saved uh, by just good works and that salvation was maintained by good works only. They actually taught what the Bible actually says, which is that we are saved by grace through faith. So my experiences aside, I have seen and felt the consequences of the attempts to live holy lives on the basis of a high standard and by good works alone. And not just me, but I've also seen other people turning into like fakers, pretenders, or that they had some kind of huge teenage rebellious phase and just abandoned all desire for Christ-like living 
or they just had resentment for their parents as adults now. Or sometimes you see those people grow up into adults and they are now extremely hard on other people. They are critical and unloving and unforgiving. And I've seen people turn into these kinds of people. So, however, in Romans 7, Paul wanted to spare his readers from this difficult and heart-wrenching experience. And if we read this together and apply what we learn, then hopefully we too are saved from the perils of legalism. And that's the point that I'm trying to get into at first. So let's get right into it and let's read the first section. Verses 1 to 6 say this in the New Living Translation. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the power of the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. So these verses answer the question from Romans 6, which is that whole, like, should we keep sinning because we're no longer under the law so that more grace will happen? And if you remember in the last episode, Paul used the illustration of the master and the servant. But in this section, he's using the illustration of a husband and a wife to show that the Christian has a new relationship to the Old Testament law because of his partnership with Jesus. So let's just dive right into this illustration. So when a man and a woman get married, they're united for life. And although marriage is a physical union, if you actually remember back in Genesis chapter 2 verses 24, it says that the two will become one flesh. That's what marriage is. It's a physical union. And because it's a physical union, it could only be broken by a physical cause. So for example, one of those causes is death. Also, in Matthew chapter 5 verses 31 to 34, and then later in chapter 19 verses 1 to 12, it actually says that unfaithfulness also leads to the breaking of the marriage bond. But Paul doesn't actually bring that up here because he's just using marriage to illustrate a point. For as long as they live, the husband and the wife are under the authority of the law of marriage. But if the woman leaves the man and marries another guy, then she commits adultery. But if the husband dies, she's free to remarry because she's no longer a wife. It's death that has broken the marriage relationship and sets her free. So also note the fact that in this illustration, he's saying that it was the husband who died and the wife who was the one who married again. So let's reread verses four to five. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. So what Paul is saying here is that when we were unsaved, we were under the authority of God's law and we were condemned by that law. But when we trusted in Jesus, we were united to him and we died to the law just as we had died to the flesh. Like how what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 to 10. When we trusted in Jesus, we died to the Old Testament law. But by being in partnership with Jesus, meaning, you know, what happens to him happens to us. Do you, If you remember that from the last episode. 
So in saying that, we rose from the dead and are now united or married, in this illustration, to Jesus to live a new kind of life. Being dead to the power of the law doesn't mean that we are now lawless, that we can do whatever we want just willy-nilly, but it means that the motivation and the dynamic of our lives doesn't just come from the law. It comes from God's grace through our union with Jesus. So then in that second part in verse 5, I'm just going to reread it quickly. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. This is exactly what I was explaining before about legalism. When the Old Testament law meets the flesh, it becomes the instrument of defeating its own demands. And that's what sin is all about. We prefer being our own God because we don't like being told what to do. We love autonomy. We hate submission. Like people even hate the word submission these days. And that's why Paul is arguing that if we're going to bear the fruit of the spirit, where, you know, if we're going to display love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then we're going to have to be transformed into being like Christ, meaning that we're not joining ourselves to a list of rules. When we say that we're a Christian, we're not saying, yes, I subscribe to God telling me what to do for the rest of my life in order to go to heaven. We're not doing that. We're subscribing ourselves. We're joining ourselves to a person, and that person is Jesus. And it's not just merely saying like, okay, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but it's actually going down a path that leads to a deep, personal, dependent, satisfying relationship with him. So now let's move on to verse six. It says, but we have now been released from the law, for we have died to it. We are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. So just like how Paul was saying that if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries, the law can't be exercised over a dead person. The Amplified Bible reads this verse as, We have been released from the law and its penalty, having died through Christ to that by which we were held captive, so that we serve God in the newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the letter of the law. So see how it says, so that we serve God, we are delivered so that we might serve. The Christian life is not one of independence and rebellion, much like what the world is like today. Like, I mean, have you seen what people say online? Like, we have died to the law so that we might be in partnership with Jesus. So Paul is definitely not saying here or teaching that we are saved so that we can just do whatever we want. But also, I'm trying to say that God's law is good. I'm not trying to say that his law is not good. Paul definitely says that God's law is good and holy, and that's what I'm saying as well. God's commandments were written on stone and read aloud to the people, but now under grace, God's word is now written on our hearts according to what the Bible says. So the goal of the law now is to be fulfilled in us through our loving relationship with Jesus, not by law keeping. So the law came to us to lead us to Jesus. We use God's law to know Jesus more and for us to grow in love for him more and more. And that's the whole point of this section. That's literally the Christian life. It's a life of treasuring Jesus and being changed by him daily for the rest of our lives. We give ourselves to him more and more. We know him. We trust him. We grow to love him. And the result is the fruit that we bear for God. We are being made new every single day. So I hope this all makes sense. I know it's a quick one. I know this section was a little bit hard to read sometimes because of the illustrations, but 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm going to quickly leave it right here and just get right on to the next one. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I will see you in the next episode. Bye everyone.